Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of A-Town at the Movies. Today, we are going to be discussing the feature film Whiplash, which is not a new release. It's been out for, I think, a couple years now, right? Yeah, it came out in... I'm prepared. It came out in 2014. Yeah, and I am glad that we finally got around to this, because I saw this back when it came out, and I've probably seen it about two times since then. And it's a movie that I really like. And from the moment I saw it, I always sort of half felt that you would like it, but also half just really wanted to get your opinion on the movie. Because <laughs> I put it, it sort of in my catalog of very much so above average movies. But I always kind of wanted to hear your opinion of it, partly because you were in band and it has a lot to do with music and sort of kind of that world. And I've always been sort of curious about both the music side of things, like how accurate is or isn't it, as well as is this like something where band people go, oh, yeah, this is incredible, or they like roll their eyes sort of thing. So I've always wanted you to watch it and get your take on it. Yeah, so like when this movie first came out, you know, people, you and a whole bunch of people actually immediately uh, got to me, both because they know that I'm, I guess I was in band and because... I'm like a film e person. Yeah. And so it pretty quickly skyrocketed to like the top of my to watch list, but I missed it in theaters. And as I've discussed on our podcast before, if I miss it when it's in theaters, it's sometimes really hard for me to see movies. Right. Especially movies that are kind of uh, grittier dramas that I really, really want to see because like if you're not in the right mood for them, exactly, <laughs> then they're hard to watch. And then if you add in another layer on top where I wasn't sure if my wife would like it, which I I still don't know if she would like this one or not, but I didn't know. And I didn't, because of how much, how much people were uh, praising it, I was afraid to watch it in any environment where like I might not be giving it its full due. Yeah. And so it has sat at the very top of my list for, I mean, since 2014 and, uh, I finally had the opportunity last night, actually, and I texted you and said, all right, we're doing this. And it sounded like you were pretty excited because this is one of the few times where you've texted me and been like, hey, we should record tonight. <laughs> yeah. And before we get started, full disclosure, um, it has actually probably been more than a year since I have seen this movie. I feel like I remember most of it and my thoughts on it. Um, but, uh, just to say like, it's definitely something that I might ask you a couple of times for a refresher on something because it's been a while for me since I've seen it and you are right off of seeing it last night. Right. So. Right. And so before we get into like story or characters or anything, I want to just jump into that first thing that you were saying where you were comparing it. You were saying you're curious how it compared to band for me. Right. And the very first note I took while watching this was holy crap, this is taking me back. <laughs> like, this movie had so many weird little details that, like, I don't... Now, this is a college-centered uh, thing, but I would imagine still just the experience in general. Yes. So, yeah, let's... To, to set a baseline, it's not like I was, you know, some intense band member person. It was just I was in a high school symphonic band and marching band in high school. Yeah. Yes, I'm a nerd. But we were we were competitive, uh, you know. We were one of the better, if not the best, in the area. Yeah, and we did a lot of local and national competitions and stuff. And so, right. at a obviously much much lower level, I experienced a lot of these similar sort of things. Mm -hmm. And you know, ignoring the the 
actual characters and i didn't play drums i played saxophone but like there were so many just little shots like whenever they were playing i mean for one director damien chazelle and i don't know who the cinematographer is here but they very like uh impressively made every time they were playing music they would let that draw out like a lot of movies will really condense a song down and there was a lot of scenes here where they just let a song really, really fill out. Yeah, I mean, I texted you a little bit earlier today saying that I, I at least rewatched the ending of the movie. That last scene is a single song, and it was 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just to give you an example, like, and we'll get to the ending later, but just as an example, like, yeah, I, I looked at it, and it was a 10-minute long YouTube clip that... <laughs> That was just the last scene of the movie. <laughs> riveting. <laughs> and I'm, part of why that one was riveting was because of the, the characters and the, the right, story that was being told. Climax but there, like, yeah. Even, even a lot of the other stuff, I think they were really clever with just the shots and the way that they edited those scenes where it never really felt like boring, yeah. even though they were letting a song play out for a long time. But a lot of those shots, there were just little tiny details that... It's kind of like whenever you smell a certain smell that you like, you go back to a town that you haven't been to in a long time or right, whatever, right. and it just like floods your brain with this feeling of being there. And <laughs> like an example is just a quick shot of the trombones uh, letting out the spit out of the little spit valve. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if that was if they made a big like scene of that or if it was literally a little tiny clip. I can't remember, but in my brain, it just like took over and it flooded my head with nostalgia Mm -hmm. and just the general sound of everybody tuning it's like this uh i I think there's actually a name for that but it's it's just this weird wall of sound that is obviously very out of tune and just lots of random noises all happening all of that was just really really uh flooding my head with that nostalgia and then the other piece before we move on was uh when before that first competition where everybody's like getting ready and everybody's kind of stressed out you know oh right that i mean to a t that is what it felt like Mm -hmm. just this like anxiousness like nobody was happy (laughs) (laughs) if that makes any sense like i don't know like with sports you kind of get pumped up and everybody's excited but with with band one of the things about it was like once you got into a song you might start having fun. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, leading up to these types of competitions, it was just pure stress. Sports can get like that to a degree. Like, I, I mean, I didn't do much sports after my senior year, but I do rem- remember playing football. And there was a point in the season where we realized, like, we've won every single game. And our next game is, like, the hardest school in our entire area, and we've never really beaten them. And that was something where it's like you go into it, there's just no joy at all yeah yeah like you're elated once you won and we did by the way but it was like yeah this is not going to be a fun experience it's something that we just have to go in there and see what we can do (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and that that was what that was like because yeah it's like if you do your job it doesn't mean you win right yeah in the case of band or or football or whatever but if you're the one that messes up then you like let that huge group down I will say, like, I was in choir my senior year, and uh, maybe I was just oblivious, because Nick will probably eventually listen to this, and he was in men's choir with me as well, so he might listen to this and think, I had a completely different take than you, but I sort of felt like our choir director was, like, so confident, and we just sort of won everything, I felt like, that... 
that was the only time where I probably had the opposite thing where like we just co- sort of went in there and like, yeah, we're going to do fine. <laughs> like the couple of things that I went to at least. But yeah, I don't know. It, it It is it is weird, though. I could definitely see having like the heavy stress side of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's weird. Like it's been a long enough time that I don't I don't remember the details as much. But like my subjective experience of our band director was very similar to this. Now, our band director was not a monster, right? Right. <laughs> I want to get that clear. I He was awesome, and I really liked him. How many people was, was pushed to suicide? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, he's, he did have a reputation for being very scary. Yeah. And he yelled at us. And, like, in hindsight, that's really weird to think about. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't seem that weird in the moment, though. And I don't think he yelled at us in an abusive way, obviously, and a lot of it was, you know, marching band is probably more of it where you're on a field and he has to yell. But like, right. <laughs> but like that feeling of like getting singled out. And then whenever he would just sit there and go, nope, you're doing it wrong. Do it again. Nope, you're doing it wrong. Do it again. Yeah. And like there would be times like I remember lots of times where you the whole band would stop and he'd just be focusing on this little area. And the whole everybody's just kind of uncomfortable because they're just not getting it. You know what? Now that I think about it, I can't kind of relate to that from choir i do remember that as far as like practices and stuff where like yeah it focuses in on one or two people yeah like when he says stop you're hoping like please don't be the bass section please don't be the bass section yeah yeah <laughs> luckily uh you know i was flawless so <laughs> luckily i have a very deep voice whenever i sing like deeper than most people so it was never my problem yeah <laughs> i did my part <laughs> but like it it really like just intensely captured my memories of band now i'm like i said I, i'm removed enough from it that i don't know if i'm projecting that onto my memory if that makes sense like mm-hmm. the things that happened in the movie onto it or if it really is my experience but like the feel was just i mean it was perfect which i was reading about it later and damien chazelle was in a competitive jazz band oh wow okay. in college and he wrote a lot of this based on all of that stuff so interesting it actually makes a lot of sense that he got a lot of those details because he experienced those same things and i had also heard that it's something i haven't like sought down to confirm myself but i've heard enough credible people say this about this movie that apparently miles teller really was drumming for this movie oh he had to be yeah he has to be like a drummer outside of this movie like la la land also directed by damien chazelle ryan gosling i did not know that oh yeah 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 you can feel it too in both of these movies he has a very specific oh that's right because whiplash and stuff were like the ones they were working on and la la land was the one that they wanted to make right whiplash was a thing that he wrote as something that would be easier to like sell because he was trying to get funding for la la land and then and then ironically whiplash he couldn't get the funding but they scraped up enough funding to do a short. They actually made a short film with J.K. Simmons. And oh, yeah. somebody else played the kid. And that apparently was good enough. It won, uh, I think it was like a Sundance short award or something. And then that got this one greenlit. And then this movie did so well that that got La La Land greenlit. That, and so that's kind of how Damien Chazelle rode his wave through Hollywood. <laughs> it actually makes a lot of sense because... Between La La Land and this movie, there's a lot of thematic overlap. Oh, yeah, definitely. This one being much darker, in my opinion. Oh, unquestionably. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. His next movie, and we should probably move on to the movie quick, but his next movie is uh, First Man, I think is what it's called, about Neil Armstrong. Oh, That comes right, out right. this fall, and okay. I am very, very excited about that. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, so I just, I mean, I've already kind of said I really like this movie. I saw it a bunch of times back when it came out. Um, so what 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 is your thoughts on this movie overall? So I do think that it may have been oversold to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But relatively quickly, my preconceptions kind of uh, mellowed out. Like, I realized what kind of movie it is. It's, it, I think I was expecting some of the flashiness, flashy oh, yeah. cinematography of La La Land a little bit more. And it is not pretty that. quickly, I realized it is not that. Um, but the tight script and obsessive attention to detail was still there. And the story itself... I. I guess whiplash is the best word here. <laughs> I felt like I was being whipped back and forth between emotions dramatically, constantly. It's it's a stressful movie to watch. I, I found myself <laughs> liking the character and then just hating him and then liking him again and then hating him. Yeah. It was very strange. Like, you'd find yourself, you know, rooting for our, our I guess, protagonist, uh, Andrew Neiman. Right. And then he would do something just like horrible. Like, yeah, I think that the overall theme of this movie is that he is the same as J.K. Simmons. Well, that's interesting. So we can we can jump into that because every time I have heard this movie discussed on a movie podcast, which I mean, granted, it hasn't been a lot, but I've listened to at least three or four different movie podcasts where they've talked about this movie. They all come to a different view on what the movie is about. Or what, like, the theme is. And, like, so I think it's interesting because I sort of felt like every time I listened to someone talk about it, I always thought, like, I agree, that's a part of it. But, I mean, it's kind of all of that. Like, I felt like kind of the theme of the movie was open-ended and left open to interpretation because I thought kind of the whole point of the movie is that you can, like... It's sort of a parable for art in general, I feel like. And, like, you can achieve these sorts of things and these sorts of, like, aggressive, over-the-top behavior can actually push you to succeed. But it can also do a lot of horrible stuff in its wake to achieve that. And there's also a question lingering of, is that necessary? Because I immediately go to think of, like... You know, there's those actors in Hollywood that are kind of known for being problematic. Right. And a lot of people will make excuses for them and say, well, that's just their process. You know, if it gets these sorts of results, you know, then that's what it ha- that's what it takes for the art. And I sort of feel like, no, I mean, that that that's awful. If that's what you have to get for that art, I, there's a million people in, you know, theaters across the like actual theaters across the country that are dying for an acting job and they can absolutely act as good as this guy and we don't need abusive people. Well, and you have guys like Jack Nicholson who are apparently just the most like nice, friendly, beloved people that you could mm-hmm. ever work with and super professional. Exactly. But he still has this intense uh, acting style that is something that you might think is a terrible person to be around yeah actually jk simmons is apparently in that category too what a nice person that's yeah the, yeah they were saying like i was reading a couple of interviews and they were saying he in between takes he would just be overly friendly to everybody <laughs> to kind of like try to make up for the fact that he was just 
horrifying to be around. Yeah. Because a lot of the people, like the background people, were just band members. Like they all played because they were really playing all these pieces. Right. Back to like the theme. I, I feel like my takeaway from it was that, yeah, you can absolutely achieve this greatness and like get this big moment to happen and do everything you wanted to do, but it can it can cause a lot of awful stuff. So like I actually liked that the movie script had he completely screwed things up with his girlfriend and he didn't get her back. Like, right. I, I liked that because like he ruined his life. Yeah. A lot of times movies would have like this. Oh, I, you know, I get, I, you know, I figure out that I just need to be a nice person and work hard and I can get my girlfriend back. And a lot of times in movies that happens. And in this, it was just like, no, I mean, you, you, you screwed up that chance because you were too worried about pursuing this and you were a complete jerk. So, I mean, that's an example, but I feel like there was, it's been a while since I've seen it, so forgive me, but I feel like there was like a lot of things like that throughout the movie where he would screw something up and that did lead him to push harder to finally achieve what he wanted to. And it may even be like, that's why I think it was open-ended because I think it may even be that that might've been worth it to him, but I don't think for a lot of people it is. And it, and it doesn't have to be like that way. I don't know. Yeah, that to me the big thing that I I found myself frustrated with with that uh, ending, even though I you know I liked it kind of in the moment, but as I was thinking about it, it was like you know J.K. Simmons has this long kind of monologue where he's saying the only way to get a I forgot what drummer that they kept comparing to, but to uh, get yeah, this, I I knew it. Uh, shoot, I I even looked it up before this, but I forgot. Uh, um, Buddy Rich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the only way to get to a Buddy Rich type drummer is to basically torment the person into destroying themselves to achieve greatness. Right. And and the movie sort of says like, you know, both of these characters sort of ruined their lives a little bit in order to try and get to that point. Uh, J.K. Simmons in order to sort of craft that drummer and then the main character, Andrew uh, Neiman. Yeah, for him, you know, he was he wanted to become that that drummer, right, or that right. level of excellence. But then, like, it kind of made it. The ending kind of makes it sound like J.K. Simmons was right, and he succeeded in what he was like achieving. You know what I mean? Like, he's getting back at him at the end, and then they have that amazing moment while he's doing that solo where J.K. Right. Simmons all of a sudden flips, and you can see he gets excited. And yeah. holy crap, that moment was ridiculously well put together because right i had goosebumps because i i literally like he started drumming to cut him off yeah and he kind of mouths f you yeah and he like hit he like hits the symbol in his face when he gets too close or whatever yeah and you <laughs> just have this like yeah f you like this is like the most earned feeling comeuppance yeah and then all of a sudden jk simmons like flips and all of a sudden you're just excited for both of them mm -hmm. and then like remember he like uh his symbols get like knocked over and jk simmons like fixes yeah. it and is and it's not like now he's like in this support role which you've never seen him this whole movie do anything close to that right and and it felt so amazingly earned but anyway i got caught up in that because that moment was so great but yeah but at the end of that it was like that was all worth it and i I kind but of see, have a problem. Well, hold on. I kind of have a problem with the movie saying that all of that abuse that he put so many people through was in any way worth it. Like, I, I understand it's real. And I know we have a little disagreement sometimes with movies on uh, realism. And like, mm -hmm. I sometimes get caught up in the, but is there danger in promoting that idea? And I feel like there are people that are like this 
that when they see stuff like this movie, it's sort of a vindication of their horribleness. You know what I mean? I, I get that, and I understand that, but I feel like there is a certain point where it's like, so I guess what we're talking about is like the movie itself and whether it's being irresponsible in portraying this certain idea. Yeah, and I don't want to say I think it's being irresponsible. This yeah. is just that feeling of like, eh, that feels icky. Right, and, and, and I understand that, but I feel like there's a certain point particularly with this movie where it's clearly in the adult category, clearly in the rated R category, trying to make an artistic point that I don't think uh, should be taken strictly at, I don't want to say face value. What am I trying to say? I don't think it should be taken lightly. I don't know how else to say it than that, because I personally like that. That's what I think is interesting about this movie is that it's almost a Rorschach in a way. To how people interpret the ending. And I always sort of felt like, in a sense, I agree with you that that part is troubling. But I also feel like it's supposed to be. Like, it is supposed to be. Because no, I, I do yeah. think, realistically, you could absolutely, again, like with Hollywood actors that behave poorly. Um, I think you could make a strong argument that there might be a handful of actors that they only got the performance that they did because they were complete, like, to people on set but my thing is that can both be true at the same time and you can say look at all the damage that was done in the process and this isn't worth it like and that's the thing is is like right but that was not the theme like the movie didn't end on you achieved the thing you wanted but look at the damage it it ended on a high note of success and both of them very happy does that make sense in a sense, it just ends abruptly after this thing was achieved. Like the, but that was that was the achievement. Both of them were. That was the happiest either character was this entire film. Right, but I felt like they did enough like setting, even with uh, what was his name again, Buddy Rich, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like because they kept talking about him, and they like said like, didn't he end up like dying of suicide or overdosing or something like that? Like they had this strong like thematic emphasis all throughout the movie of destruction that's that's absolutely true you're right I, the really the only place where that felt that way was the ending i i get what you mean though i i because even the that other character you know he's talking about his the person the trumpeter or whoever who ended up committing suicide and you know he's clearly distraught about that jk simmons is right and he kind of lies and says it was a car accident but like yeah that I feel like that whole scene kind of speaks to that. But then afterwards, he's still like, it's not like he regrets anything. Right. You know what I mean? He's just like, he regrets that he never got a buddy rich. Like, but uh, they stopped me before I could finally get that golden child that I would abuse until they became the thing that, you know, is great for the world or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's tough because I almost feel like I go back to like, I think the movie is trying to be something different, like, as a movie. It's not trying to force an opinion, I guess. Which, again, like, I realize can be very frustrating, and that might be a critique in its own. But I also feel like that is its purpose, is so that people look at it at the end and go, well, wait a minute, though, like you did. Like, but, I mean, that's great and all, but what about all this other stuff? And, you know, he pushed a kid to suicide trying to find this person... And just all these little things along the way. I don't know. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying, like, this is wrong and this is a problem. I was just saying it kind of contributes. Like, there are so many people in the world that are just like that. 
Yeah. And it it frustrates me. It, you know, this movie successfully made me angry about those people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, maybe a better analogy, not to be, like, cheesy or anything, is, like, I feel like the movie is almost like, like an interesting piece of actual art where people sort of interpret something about it. And I feel like that's what it was trying to do, which is very different than... I'm not saying it's the it's the first that's ever done that. It's certainly not. But, like, it's not common for movies to necessarily do that and just be completely open to interpretation. Uh, I disagree with that. I mean, I think that's all the time. This movie fits... It's not, like, that outside of the norm to have an open-ended theme. No. I, again, I'm not saying... Well, I, I don't think it's as common. I think movies typically direct you towards their morals and what they're trying to tell you. And they, a lot of times they sort of beat you over the head about it. But n- no, it's definitely not the first. Like a lot of Coen Brothers movies, for instance, are like this. I feel like like No Country for Old Men feels very open-ended. Yeah. And you're just left wondering, what was that about? <laughs> well, but, true. This one doesn't leave me feeling that. This one felt like it had very strong, clear themes. Okay. I mean, like what we're talking about, right? It, it's it's all about like sacrifice and obsession, right? But the point, but the point of it is the discussion, is what I'm saying. Like the point of it is to have the discussion about the movie. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like ninety five percent of people watch this, and J.K. Simmons is the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a monster. Holy crap, that's horrible. He's a bad person, and we all kind of got that shared uh, victory over him at the end, sort of. Right. But, like, it's that extra 5% of people who... The, the, the people that out there that are like him. Yeah, yeah. That's the people who it's like, ah, this movie, like, makes them feel like a hero, because that's, kind of, that's kind of the feeling I got out of it, is, like, I kind of liked J.K. Simmons at the end, because I'm like, oh, he succeeded. Like, he got his diamond in the rough, and he... He forged through horribleness this amazing talent that is going to change the world and then flare out and die because he's destroyed all that is human left in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. But don't that, you th- again, I, I'm not saying like they shouldn't do that. I'm just saying this is the feeling of frustration I get out of it. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that. I, I did have another question for you about the ending. Yeah. Do you think in that whole segment that jk simmons actual goal in bringing him there at that performance was to actually just get back at him and then yes definitely because there's a lot of people that sort of take it as oh he intended to push him again you know sort of thing this was just another instance of him trying to push him no i think at that moment he was purely vindictive yeah Uh, yeah I, i think that's kind of how i took it as well yeah so let's let's actually, I guess, talk about the characters. I mean, there's really only two main characters, really, but there's a couple other peripheral ones. So we've kind of touched on a little bit, like, what did you think about Miles Teller? What was what did you say his name was? Uh, Andrew Neiman. Yeah. So what did you think about the main character? Yeah, like I said, like at first he's relatable, but then pretty quickly he just becomes kind of a monster who I didn't like at all (laughs) yeah and there'd be moments where you're like i feel bad for him but even then like there's moments where you're like holy cow like jk simmons is terrible and he's you know look at how he's abusing these three people and then all of a sudden andrew neiman would 
like get this smirk on his face. Like he does not feel any camaraderie with these others. It's all about him and JK Simmons. Yeah. From his perspective, even. And he will stab any of these people in the back. Like I, you know, there's nothing in the movie that I saw that makes me think this is the case, but it fits my head canon that he intentionally hid or threw away that guy's folder as a way to get that seat. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, totally seems to fit his character. Because at first you're like, "Holy cap, this sucks for him." But then you like, he was so eager mm-hmm. to take that spot, and he was so happy whenever he got it that you're like, "Wait a second, like this doesn't seem right." And then whenever that other guy, uh, the like redheaded guy, comes in, J.K. Simmons brings him in to sort of push uh, him to like right. work harder. And, like, he starts to lay into that redheaded guy, J.K. Simmons does, and he gets a smirk on his face. Like, everybody else gets nervous and, like, scared whenever he starts to lay into one of their yeah. comrades. And he just gets this, like, that's right, yeah, this is my spot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he, like, like I said, in my head, this movie is almost, like, telling me that those two characters are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And, and the end kind of plays that all out, too. It's like, he, well, one, he doesn't care about his girlfriend really he's pretty quick to just throw her away yeah i i was gonna say like that's the part where i vividly remember like turning as far as my view of him was i remember when he breaks up with her the he like basically is just like i mean look you're going to this other college and i'm clearly doing this other thing and we're just not right for each other like it was it was very like blunt to the to the to the point of like snobbery, I guess, is what I remembered about it. Well, and she even rephrases it in a way that's almost unfair, where she's like, oh, since you have a purpose in your life and you're just so much better than me. And then he yeah. just goes, yep, that's basically it. Like, he doesn't correct it. Like, right. It's like, oh, that really was what he was saying. Like, he just, and, and there were hints of that even at the very beginning of their relationship that he's just like, why did you go to that school? Oh, well, that's the one that let me in. And he just kind of looks down, like, oh. Yeah. Like, he's disappointed. Or the way he treats his family at the dinner table. Yeah. Like, he's being ignored, but, like, that doesn't call for the way he responded to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, like, that was the early part in the movie where you could kind of sympathize with it because it's like, yeah, clearly nobody cares about him and his family. And And in your head, you backfill the story of, like, oh, he's like Harry Potter. Like, he's being... But there was nothing in the movie to tell you that he was downtrodden and his family, like ignored him you just kind of assumed because why would somebody act this way unless mm-hmm. that's the experience they had but then the whole movie it's like his dad is extremely loving extremely caring like he has lots of support and everything yeah it's just he is wholly driven by uh i guess ego and the the need to be the very best yeah but i thought the the guy playing him uh what's his name again miles teller yeah i thought he was excellent i mean yeah, he's really good. He's been in a couple things. What else? He was in that unfortunate Fantastic Four reboot. <laughs> That's unfortunate, yes. Uh, but he was in... What What other stuff was... He was in some big stuff. I just can't think off the top of my head. And then, obviously, the other main character here, which we've already spoken plenty about, is yeah, J.K. J.K. Simmons. I just sort of felt like, yeah, he, he was he is a monster. Like He is a extraordinarily well-motivated monster. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, he didn't feel like a caricature. He just felt, like I said, he really did feel like this, if you were to take my director and overly inflate certain aspects of it 
and like I said, my director was awesome. I'm not saying that, but like you could take those same that same kernel and amp up the uh, get rid of all of the empathy and amp up the competitiveness and just extreme tendencies. And like, yeah, there is a thread that connects that to a reality for me. Mm -hmm. And that is what made him so horrifying is that he felt so real. You know what I mean? I I do wonder though, like, do you think it just, this is pure speculation, but do you think his motivation for wanting to continue on and find someone else after he had pushed someone to suicide, apparently was out of guilt, like sort of a, like sunk cost fallacy sort of thing like well i'm in this far i mean i might as well keep trying to find that other person and achieve something out of this or this isn't worth it sort of thing i i don't get the feeling that he felt ownership of that yeah that's that's also what was frustrating (laughs) right which again is i think fits with that profile of an abuser like yeah oh well that person can just if they don't want to deal with this then they need to just leave like why are they even here? Like in his head, he's not, he's like, they can leave anytime they want. Yeah. Even though he's setting up these elaborate psychological traps, basically. Right. Yeah. But he definitely deserved that Oscar. That is. Yeah. The acting is incredible all around. Yeah. It really is just, just amazing. I, yeah, I can't, <laughs> like I said, it, it, it wasn't a character. It was a real living, breathing human is what it felt like yeah and to be able to do that and be that horrible together is i feel like a rare feat yeah yeah and i also just think about like what i mean i think the movie may end abruptly like that on purpose because like i think a lot of people think about like well what happens after that like does he become part of you know a band or does he get his life back together? Does he become poor and then end up having to do something else? Yeah. Like, what what happens after that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And weirdly, I didn't find myself even thinking that at all afterwards, which is odd, because it does end abruptly, but it's kind of like, I feel like we got the arc. Now, yeah. those two have, they've gotten to that point that they were both working so hard for, and then the thing to think about with this movie is the damage that came right th- that you that was created as a result of all of that yeah i guess that's my thing is um you know i get i mean i get people that are artistic like they have that sort of drive and all that sort of stuff but to me i would feel like especially at that young of an age for the kid i would feel like okay now i've done this thing that was really cool now what i mean this is this is my peak right here essentially I mean, I guess you could argue that you could try to do other better things, but I mean, I don't know. It just seems sort of sad to me <laughs> personally. I, yeah, I kind of get that feeling about any like music star or athlete, mm-hmm. like any of these things where you peak, even, you know, even the most successful band. Yeah. Well, maybe not the most, but like even close to the top of that, you're going to peak in your 20s and 30s. Right. And then you might be a massive megastar after that, but you're not the massive megastar you were. Right. And that's got to be just a strange experience in life. Yeah, there's not many people that, yeah. I don't know, maybe this is our peak, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
This is, this is our best episode. Yeah. No, I think I think the Meg was our peak. <laughs> <laughs> yep, doesn't get it's all downhill from there. Yeah, that was that was uh twenty seven years. How old am I? Twenty eight years in the making. <laughs> All right, so do you want to go ahead and uh, give your sort of Rotten Tomatoes score? Yeah, I mean, um, I'd probably give this a close, probably like a 90%. I mean, it's a very good movie. It's, to me, like a lot of stuff I kind of grade on experientially, like how I felt during the movie. And it was a movie I thought would be kind of boring that people were raving about. And it like pretty much hooked me from the get-go. So, and and was interesting the entire time. So I, yeah, I'd give it a 90%. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a weird, it was a weird experience to watch, which is in its own right, uh, a good thing, but like my feelings going into it, I did not expect this movie, which is weird. Cause it's not like the general premise. I think I knew before going into it, but it felt so much different. And, you know, at first I was a little disappointed that it wasn't going to be the sort of extravagant camera work that I was expecting out of it. Mm-hmm. But once I settled into the to the movie, it really it really did just grab me and it it really ripped me around emotionally <laughs> watching it. Yeah. And I think that's where it really like succeeds. And so yeah, I think I, I'd sit it right at ninety percent as well. Yeah. All right, cool. It's not qu- not quite la la land for me. No, no. I mean it, it definitely I mean for people that that haven't seen it, I'm not sure why you listen to this episode, but um, I mean, it has a very indie feel to it to me. Yes, especially the scenes with like him and his girlfriend. Yeah, absolutely. Which I actually like. They didn't really have any chemistry, and maybe that was on purpose. But it, it, right, I don't know. Right. It just kind of had a. I watched a thing. I don't even remember what it was. I watched something where they actually broke down one of their like date scenes and actually showed how like the camera work was intentionally to um, react on the mood and the awkwardness. So like it would like someone would like like he would ask a question, she would answer, and it would be like at a far away shot, and then it would get a bit more like interesting where they're actually having conversation and then it used like back and forth face shots and then and it pushed he in says on something i actually a, noticed that during yeah one and, of those and he says something inappropriate and then all of a sudden it's like a wide shot again because it became awkward <laughs> that's interesting so yeah. i definitely noticed that in the the pizza scene where they were on a date yeah i think that was it yeah it would go from these like really wide angles like you're saying, I didn't put it together with the dialogue, but it was something I noticed where, and maybe it was because it was uncomfortable, <laughs> right? which was succeeding, but I had that feeling of like, whoa, it got really tight all of a sudden, and then it would back right back out. And yeah. I didn't put together the motivations behind that, but that is interesting. I might actually go rewatch that scene just to look at that, because that's... Actually, I, I'm going to look for that YouTube clip because I love that kind of stuff. And if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I don't even remember what... It, again, I don't remember what it was. I just remember... Oh, I do remember what it is. It's not worth mentioning, though. It's not really yeah, relevant yeah. to this. It, but... it, yeah, if you're interested, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's it. That was Whiplash. Uh, I'm glad I finally saw it. And, yeah, if you haven't seen it... Because I actually have talked to some people who uh, who say they listen to our episodes to pick out what movies they want to see. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's a weird way if to... If you've made it this far... Uh, I would recommend watching this one for sure. Yeah, it's a great movie. And if you want to find out more about our regular show, A-Town, or um, just more about where to find us on social media and talk to us, you can go to atownfm.com. 
And I think our next episode is going to be uh, Valerian. I think we said that last time, but for sure, our next episode is going to be Valerian because we're going to be recording it right now. Well, we're recording both of these uh, together. So actually, I don't know what order these are going to be in. (laughs) Oh, okay. Valerian might come first. I'm not sure. Welcome back from listening to Valerian. (laughs) (laughs) But um, anyways, so yeah, until next time. All right.